Well, that's where we all want to live, right? Right there. We win. Yeah. And how many know the behind the scenes about Michael Jordan is all of the time that he spent developing the basics, the basics of free throws, the basics of follow through, the basics, the basics, the basics. And so the only way that an athlete, whether they're t-ball league, um, high school league, pro status, the only way that they can keep winning is to master the basics and become more skillful in the basics. So I'm glad that you're here this morning. If you're joining us online, it's great to have you. For those listening by podcast, we are in the fourth week of this series called Building from the Ground Up. And what we're doing in this series is we're discussing a couple of things about how we build this Christian life so that we get to win. You're not the caffeinated service, I know. Still before 10 o'clock, but I'm going to try that again. See, the reason we're in this series is so that we can live the Christian life and we can win. Yes. Yeah. You know, Jesus came, and we all know that Jesus came and, pre- and paid this tremendous price for us. And we step in the door of salvation. And then a lot of us are like, okay, now what? Because we're still dealing with the issues and still feel like we're getting pummeled by the enemy. And things just, you know, yeah, we know we're saved. Praise God for that. And our sins are forgiven. Praise God for that. But is there more? And all of us are like, How, you know, what do we do? What do we do now? And so that's what this series is about. And over the last few weeks, we've talked about how God is good. A lot of people are confused about whether or not God is always good, but he is. God is good. We learned about who we are. We are his 100% with full access to everything that he has. Last week, we talked about how it is vital for us to build our life, not on opinions, not on culture, not on half-truth and a little bit of compromise, but we have to do the work of building our entire life on the Word of God, which means when we see it in the Word, that's what we do. When we see it in the Word, we enforce it in our life. We figure out how to keep hearing the Word and, and bringing it close and embracing the Word and building our life on it. And so today, we are going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about faith. Now, I could talk about faith for years. I could do years worth of series on faith. Faith is the thing. It's the thing of this Christian life. Faith is the key. It's the main thing. It's the guts of this Christian life. And once we started to understand faith, things in our life radically changed. Yes, we were believers all of our lives, raised in church. Yes, we had great homes and great families and great churches. But we didn't understand that faith, our personal faith, was the key to what we just saw Michael Jordan do, to winning, even if it's the last minute, even when it's hard and it's tough and we're battling, that it's our faith that gets us to the other side. And see, I love faith. And so today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how we have to understand as believers that faith is essential to our life. We have to really understand what faith is, and we have to work to build our faith. See, faith, maybe it's, it's um, going to help you if I talk about what faith is not for just a second. Faith is not this general uh, alternative word for religion, like he's a person of faith. Or, what faith are you? That's maybe how the world describes faith, but that is not Bible faith. 
Faith is not this flowery, puffy, positivity thing. Like, oh, are you going through a hard time? Well, just keep the faith. What does that do for you? Nothing. That's not Bible faith. See, Bible faith is this internal force. Faith is this force on the inside of you that God has planted there. It's this force on the inside of you that comes alive. Faith is actually like a muscle. It's like a muscle on the inside of us. It's our believing muscle. And our believing muscle can be flabby and very weak, or our believing muscle can be developed and strong. And it's our responsibility as believers to watch over our faith muscle to see that it's developed and strong because faith is the key to everything in this Christian life. Faith is the main thing. It's this active, energetic, living force on the inside of you that even when we don't see it, we're driven by faith. Even when we don't feel like things are happening, we're driven by this force to believe that God really is who he says he is. That is Bible faith. That's Bible faith. So I want to convince you today how necessary faith is to building your life and how necessary it is to develop strong faith. So faith can simply be described as the ability to believe. Not hoping, not wishing, not hearing, and just trying to squint to be convinced that we might believe it. But faith is truly being 100% convinced that you can't talk me out of it because I believe it kind of faith. Faith is this internal force on the inside of you that you own that connects you to believing in God. You know, um, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You see, we cannot even connect to Jesus in salvation without this internal force of faith. It is our believing that Jesus really died on the cross. It's our believing that he really did forgive us of our sins. It's our believing that, that internal muscle that believes that, that even connects us to God. And just like that, Force that connected you to believe that Jesus did that, that's the force that connects you to everything in the kingdom of God. Because once we step into salvation, remember, that's just the door. We have all of this good kingdom that God has laid out for us, but it takes our faith to access that. Now, none of us can figure out in our head how 2,000 years ago, the blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross can literally forgive us of our sins, wipe out our past, make us clean on the inside, give us a new start, instantly transition us from uh, a future to hell to a future to heaven, instantly transition us from darkness to light. None of us can figure out in our head how that happens. Anyone figure that one out? How do we believe it? We believe it by faith, this internal force on the inside of us that connects us. And it's that very example that connects us to every other thing in God. We don't operate as believers only by what we can figure out with our head. Yes, we still use our head. God gave us a brain for a reason. But we don't operate in our life only by what we can figure out in our head. 
See, as believers, the Bible says we operate by faith and not by sight. We have developed in the world to live by what we see and by what we feel and by what we can touch, by what we hear. But this is a higher plane that God is calling us to live, and it's by faith. We live by this internal force on the inside of us. Now, see, this is Lori. We're going to show her on the screen. And Lori, we're going gradu- to celebrate a little bit later. Uh, in service number two, we're celebrating all the VC graduates. And Lori is one of those ladies we're celebrating today. And Lori's just like the rest of us. She's, uh, if you're a woman, I mean, like she's a wife, she's a mom, she's a grandma. She's worked 30 plus years at Honda. She serves faithfully at FLC. You know, as she was giving her presentation at Victor College this past week, she said, you know, when I got saved, I was like, yes, I'm in. You know, like my past is behind and woohoo. That was her words. Woohoo. Like I'm in, I'm in, I'm saved. She said, but then what I realized, Victor College really opened up the truth that there's this whole fuller life to live. This whole, there's so much more purpose, so much more goodness, so much more truth to experience. And Victor College has given me the faith to understand how to walk in that fullness. You know, we can believe. We can believe because of this internal force on the inside of us But unless we are intentional and take the time to do what is necessary to strengthen our faith, we're never going to be able to really access the fullness of what God wants us to experience. The fullness of peace in our families, of provision, the fullness of purpose for your life. Actually, faith is a thing that helps you access any miracle that you need from God. You know, we talked that one week about that refrigerator that we have full access to. We can just go and open the fridge and take what we need. But you need faith to be able to do that. You need faith to be able to access those things. There's so much in you that God wants you to to bring forth. There's so much of his kingdom that he wants you to experience. And it only happens with faith. And you and I have complete control as to how weak our faith is or how strong that it is. God says that he has given to you and I the measure of faith. It's already in you. You don't have to find it. It's already planted in you like a seed. But what you do with it is up to you and up to me. You know, it is our responsibility to grow our faith, but it's not hard or confusing to grow it. The Bible clearly maps out how. Faith doesn't come by God dumping it on us. It doesn't come just by us praying, God, give me faith. It doesn't come by just becoming a member of Family Life Church or any other good word church. The way faith comes is so easy. We all have the ability to build our faith, and it's not confusing, and it's not hard, and it shows us in Romans 10 how it happens. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. By hearing and hearing the word of God. By hearing with our physical ears, and then really hearing with our heart or with our soul. That's the way that faith comes. Faith comes by putting ourselves in position to hear God's word with our physical ears and to grasp the hearing of it with our, with our spiritual ears. You know, in the middle of my seventh grade year, my family moved from uh, a suburb of Dallas, Texas, back to my parents' hometown in Ohio. And don't you all feel for me, middle of seventh grade year, hello. 
So I'm in a new school in the middle of my seventh grade year. Why know no one? And so they put me in, you know, all these classes. They put me in the advanced math class, okay? And because of my grades and yada, yada. So I'm in this class, but the math class in Ohio was more advanced than the one that I was in in Texas. But they thought, you know what, she'll catch up. But I was behind. I had not learned some of the concepts that they were learning. And while I could hear with my physical ears, the teacher explained the formulas and explained the steps. When I, could, I was hearing that with my physical ears, but on the inside, you know what I was hearing? You're going to get a big fat F on the next test. I was behind and I, I couldn't grasp it. So what do we do when we're in that position when we're like, I have this issue in my life and I, you know, while we're hearing God is good and we're hearing that he's the way maker and we're hearing that he's the deliverer and we're hearing that he's a provider and we're hearing that he's our healer. What do we do when we're like, I'm going to flunk. I'm going to get pummeled. I don't, I, 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 I'm not connecting the dots. Well, we simply do the same thing that my parents had me do. We put ourselves in position to hear more and more. So I'm in class every day and I'm catching, but I'm, the light bulbs aren't coming on. So they arranged that I had a couple of private sessions with the instructor. And as he began to teach and break things down and I put myself in position to hear and hear and hear and hear, the light bulbs came on. And then I was able to take those formulas that were felt like a foreign language and I was able to actually take them. I could understand them and I started to apply the principles. So we can all understand that. That's where a lot of us as believers are today. We're hearing with our physical ears, but we're squinting, not trying, not really sure, not, not understanding, not really in faith. And it's so important for us to realize that just pre pretending that we're in faith is not going to change our situation. Pretending in faith is actually harmful for us. If we hear and we come away, yeah, well, part of faith is, you know, believing that you're going to get to the light bulb coming on moment. But the essential of faith is you have to put yourself in position and I have to put myself in position to hear and hear to hear with my physical ears, to hear with my spiritual ears. And you know, the fix is pretty easy. God doesn't ask us to do the hard stuff when we're in an issue and we need an answer. God doesn't ask us to do the hard stuff of figuring out how the miracle works. He, you know what he asks us to do? To hear and hear. When we are in a situation where we need a miracle, he doesn't ask us to part the water. He doesn't ask us to figure out how to create a new heart in us if that's what we need. He doesn't ask us to figure out the hard stuff. He simply asks us to position ourselves to hear and hear. And to hear and hear until light bulbs start coming on, which is what the Bible calls revelation. Revelation brings light. Now, it's our choice whether or not we put ourselves in position to hear and hear. And truthfully, most Christians in America, I don't believe are making that choice. Yes, we're coming to church. Yes, we're in a service for an hour a week. Maybe we're participating in a life group. But when it comes to developing this strong muscle on the inside of us to hear and hear, a lot of Christians are just casual. And they're like, yes, woohoo, I'm in, I'm saved. Not realizing that the whole rest of our journey depends squarely on our faith. The whole rest of the journey. 
whether we make it through a tough time, whether we get that healing, whether we receive the miracle, whether we see God work things out in our lives, it's our faith that that happens. It's our faith that makes it happen. You know, when Jesus was on the earth, he went from town to town healing, it says, every single person in the town over and over. You know, when Jesus was on the earth, he not only showed us the power of God, he showed us the heart of God, that God wants everybody well, that God wants everybody to walk in fullness. And Jesus went from place to place, miracle, 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 except one place he couldn't do that. And that one place that he couldn't do that was his very hometown. And the Bible says the reason that he couldn't do that is simple. Mark 6 says that Jesus was not able to perform any miracles there except that he placed his hands on a few sick people and healed them. He was greatly surprised because the people did not have what? Isn't that interesting? That Jesus went to every single town. They brought, they emptied their hospitals. They carried people on cots. They did whatever they needed to do to get people into place to hear and hear, to get into the presence of Jesus. But in one place, his hometown, he wasn't even able to do miracles only because the people didn't believe. It was because of their faith. You know, Jesus said over and over in scripture, it's because of your faith. I'm going to quickly go through these scriptures. These are the words of Jesus. When it came to blind men, the blind men being able to have their eyes open, Mark 9 says, everything is possible for the one who believes. Mark 9, 29 says, become what you believe. Become what you believe. Mark 11, Jesus said, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, Believe that you've received it and it will be yours. Who in here would love for every prayer that they ever prayed to be answered? I have both of my both of my hands up and my feet up too. Like every prayer answered, Jesus tells us how we really believe. We develop that faith muscle on the inside of us so that we're not hoping and wishing and squinting. We're fully confident that God is who he says he is. And then Luke 8, the uh, Jesus told the lady with a disease for 12 years, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. You know, as we build our foundation from the ground up, we have to be critically aware that our faith is key. We have to understand the role that our faith, that personal, internal force of a muscle inside of us, how critical it is for the rest of our entire journey. So how do we do that? You know, we've been leading people in ministry for over 25 years, and this I know. Unless you and I put intention and effort into building our faith, it will not happen. Just like I could wish all day to have great biceps. If I don't pick up this weight, and, I, and this is only, what, 10 pounds, and you can tell, like, I'm a little bit struggling, okay? Unless you and I pick up the weights, it doesn't matter how much we wish to have strong muscles or hope to have strong muscles or read about having strong muscles unless we pick up the weight and do the work our muscles are going to be flabby and weak <laughs> it's truth right well it's the same with the word of god see without intention and effort of building this faith muscle which isn't even as hard as lifting weights it's putting ourselves in position to hear and hear to hear and hear it doesn't happen by accident and truthfully over 25 years, we have seen it is, it, the, it is the fact that the people who put themselves in position to hear and hear 
to hear and hear, to hear and hear until the light bulbs come on, to hear and hear until revelation happens. It is those people who get the win. It's those people who walk in the miracle. It's those people who are enjoying the full and satisfying life that Jesus came to bring. And it's so simple to put ourselves in position to hear and hear. And for your notes, I'm going to give you three quick things, three steps today that you can write down and work into your life. And the first one is um, you're pretty much almost there right now because you're sitting in this building. But the first one is to engage at Family Life Church. Now, I'm saying Family Life Church because this is your church. But to engage, I cannot overstate what engaging in a solid Bible teaching church does for your faith. It's absolutely critical to engage. Now, engaging is different than just attending. Engaging, it's where you put yourself in the atmosphere of faith. When the doors have opened, you put your kids in the atmosphere of faith. Engaging. You go and you become part of the team and you become part of the fabric and you engage and you plant yourself in the house of God because that's how you flourish, it says in Psalms. You know, Jeremy is going to come up on the screen. I love it because neither of these grads knew I was going to use them today. But Jeremy, we're going to celebrate also in second service and he gave his presentation. And I love Jeremy because he was just so true. He said, you know, before I went to VC, to Victor College, I sat in church for years I just came and I left, came and I left. I I sat through service and almost every week I would hear pastors say, engage. And I would say, no, (laughs) engage. I don't want to. And he said, but then I went to growth track and then joined a team. And then someone on my team said, hey, you should do Victor College. So here he walked through Victor College. Well, why am I telling you this? He engaged. Engaging is different than attending. Engaging is becoming part of the fabric. Engaging is putting yourself in position to hear and hear and hear until the light bulbs come on. And you know, by his own admission, his family was confused. They were in a very broken state. But now, after engaging and putting himself in a place to hear and growing in faith, their family's different. Their family's experiencing peace and so much purpose. Yeah, that's what engaging does. That's the power of faith. And I know that for Jeremy and Michelle and Brandon and Brittany, they've just reached the surface of the fullness of God in their life by beginning to engage and get in faith. So, you know, if you aren't yet engaged at FLC, I encourage you. First step, growth track happens every single Sunday at 9 a.m. What growth track does is helps you connect to a team, connect to people, and connect to the fabric of Family Life Church. The second point is to self-feed a lot. To self-feed a lot. You know, here on Sunday morning, you're getting fed God's word with other believers. It's necessary. But you and I both know that you're not going to win in life if you hear 30 minutes of the word every week. Self-feeding. That's what you do at home. That's what you do in the car on the way to work. Self-feeding. What you do with your time. What you do with your uh, thoughts during the week. Self-feeding. In our generation, it is so easy to self-feed. You can literally take the Bible everywhere with you on your smartphone. Literally have Millions probably of podcasts available of good, solid word podcasts you can listen to in the car or at the doctor's office with, like, you know, headphones in, grocery shopping. Like, you can listen to the word literally anywhere 
anytime. It's so easy to self feed in our generation. It's easy to hear and hear. It just takes intention. It just takes, in, takes coming up with a plan. It's easy to do it. Technology is an amazing tool. And I know a lot of people in our culture think it's now, um, it's now a substitute for the local church, but it's not. You still need the local church. Technology is a tool, though, to help build your faith. And I encourage you not to use technology as a permanent solution for a church family, but to use it to self-feed and to supplement. The third thing you can do is to connect to faith friends. It is critical to your life that you are traveling your journey with people that are going the same direction as you. Because, you know, we can talk about engaging in the word and building your faith and being, um, you know, just intentional about the word. But if you hang out with people who do not value the word, that will rub off on you. You need to hang with people who value the word, who are walking the same direction, who are cheering you on for the win. Choosing faith friends. And sometimes faith friends can be different than just church attending friends. Yes, hang out with friends who attend church, but find the people that will look into your eyes and say, you can do this and help build your faith and impart some strength to you. Remember, it's the faith thing that sets you and I up to experience the literal breakthroughs and miracles in our life. It's faith. Faith is the key. And, you know, just a side note here for Victor College, because I used two of our students today. If you're sitting in here and you've kind of felt, man, I really need to do that. Victor College is simply a one evening a week, two hours, two, two hours a week Bible college. One evening a week from August through May. But what Victor College does, it's strategic. It does all these three things for you. It connects you to faith friends that become lit, literally family. It connects you to having to self-feed throughout the week. And it puts you in a place of engagement in the local church. Victor College, if that's bubbled up on the inside of you, I encourage you, do not dismiss it. And truthfully, if you are saying, you know, I need to, I need to grow my faith, then we've made it really easy. Enroll in Victor College because that will, help you do, that will help you grow your faith. So as we finish out this message, I just want us to look at a question the disciples asked Jesus in John chapter 6. The disciples asked Jesus, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? So what do we have to do with this God thing? And Jesus answered and said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent, that you believe in him whom we've sent. You know, I believe as we encounter Christ and we're forgiven and the Spirit of God makes us alive, all of us are like, wow, God, thank you. What do I have to do? Like, what do I do to please you? How do I, how do I please you? I believe most of us feel that way. When God comes and transforms our life, we're like, God, what do I have to do? But our walk with Christ isn't this stiff religion that we can never understand. It's not a bunch of levers that we have to push and pull and figure out, like, if we just have to do it just this right way, maybe something will happen. That's not what faith is. That's not the works of God. It's not even this checklist that we feel like we have to accomplish. No, Jesus said right here, the work of God is actually hearing and hearing until you believe. So I believe what? Till you believe in every instance and in everything you face that God is who he says he is and that you are who God says you are. Hearing and hearing, believing believing God. That's what Jesus said. And as I close today, over 20 years ago, Pastor Tom and I decided we wanted to start our family, and after months of nothing happening, 
we had that first hard uh, conversation with a doctor. And he said, you know, it's less than 2% chance that you're ever going to conceive. And if you had asked us at that point, do you believe God's a healer? Of course. We've been raised in church our whole life. We really, yeah, God's a healer. But we were faced with this issue. And so I don't know if you've ever walked through anything like this, but it's entirely one thing to believe that God heals in general. And it's a whole other thing to believe with confidence that God will heal you. And when you are faced with those things, the only thing that connects you personally and me personally to the miracle healing power of God, provision way-making way of God, delivering power of God is our faith. So even though I had heard, and I would say that I believe that, yes, I believe God's a healer and I believe God is good. It took intention for me to get into the word so I could clearly see and rise up with confidence that, yeah, God's not just a healer. He is my healer, and he will heal me. That's the difference of faith. It's not this general positivity. It is this living, active force on the inside of us that that pushes us toward God and that is like a magnet that draws the power of God into our life. I don't know why God set it up to work that way, but if you look at the ministry of Jesus, he told every single person, according to your faith, according to your faith, become what you believe. It's, a, it's your faith that made the difference. See, God's a healer. He's always healing. He's always powerful. He's always good. But it's us connecting our faith to his goodness and his truth that really connects the dot for us. First John 5 says this, the conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. Notice it doesn't say it's Jesus. That's a given. But in your life and in my life, the conquering power that brings the world and every issue that we face to his knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes, who believes. The conquering power that brings sin and shame and our guilt and the past to its knees is us believing that Jesus is the son of God and that he does forgive us. The conquering power that brings emotional sickness and physical disease to its knees is us connecting the dots, believing that Jesus did take our, take our sickness upon him. And by his stripes, 2,000 years ago, he paid the price so we could be healed. The conquering power that brings debt and financial stress and financial brokenness to its knees is simply positioning ourselves to hear and hear and hear the word until the light bulbs come on that God can deliver us out of any kind of mess and that God's wisdom will get us to the other side. It's a personal thing. The conquering power that brings anything. It doesn't matter if it's addiction, if it's family brokenness, if it's financial, if it's physical. It doesn't matter what it is. The conquering power that brings it all to its knees is believing that God is who he says he is 
that Jesus did pay the price so we could walk in it. And it's believing that you and I have been given the authority to enforce in our life what Jesus paid for. Amen. Well, this morning as we finish out, I'm going to ask you today, do you have a relationship with Jesus? We never want anyone to leave this building. Not sure. Because the truth is, Jesus is coming back. We'll all stand before God to give an account for our sins. And if you don't have that relationship with Jesus this morning, confident that that you will go to heaven, we want you to have that decision and that choice confirmed today. So we're all going to bow our heads for just a minute. And as we bow our heads, if you this morning say, I want to ask Christ into my life this morning. If that's you today, I want you simply to raise your hand right now and we'll know who we're praying with. And if you're online, this part is for you also. Jesus made a way for you. He's forgiven everything. He's forgiven every sin, every part of our past. Shame, you don't have to carry it anymore. But if you're in here and you say, yes, I want to to pray that prayer today, make a decision to connect to Jesus. Thank you so, so much. That's awesome. So we're going to all stand together at this time because we want to always walk through this together. I'm simply going to pray a prayer. And if you believe what you pray out loud as we all pray together, the Bible says that in an instant that you're saved. So let's pray, all right? Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you literally died on the cross for my sin. Forgive me for my past, for the mistakes, for the sin. I ask you to wipe my heart clean. Come into my life. Give me a fresh start, and I commit to follow you all the days of my life. Amen.